How's everyone today? Good, good, good. We're all back on our, our sleep schedules after the government took an hour from us last week. Recovered. What's that? The sleep tax. <laughs> That's right, the sleep tax, the sleep loan. There's no interest on it. They just, yeah, um, get it back in the fall, but nothing more. Um, all right, let's uh, let's uh, take a moment and pray this morning as we get started. Um, Father, we're grateful for your kindness to us. Thankful for um, the way that you do give us um, rest, and how, in particular, you give us rest um, through the the Lord's day, through the Sabbath, uh, through the day that you've given us that is set apart for worship and for fellowship, and for rest. Father, we're thankful for this Lord's Day and and for how you promised by your Spirit to dwell with us uh, in word and sacrament. We pray that you would do that again this morning as we gather very shortly for worship. We pray that you would even now be preparing our hearts for that worship as we study your word, that you would be present with us by your Spirit, and you would help us to grow in our knowledge and understanding. We pray it in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. So last week we wrapped up our sort of winter series um, on the Institutes of John Calvin. Um, The kind of approach that I've taken with our adult Sunday school class is to try to do a topic of history or theology in the fall, church history or church theology in the fall, Um, over the winter to do um, a study of a great book of Christian literature or theology, and then in the spring to focus our attention more on the scriptures themselves. And we've done that Over the past several years, you may remember those of you that have been here, um, the last three uh, springs we have done an overview of the Bible. So we started in Genesis, we went all the way to Revelation and covered um, a book a week. Um, So that was a that was sort of a large undertaking. Um, uh, Took took quite a number of weeks, but I think it was it was helpful for me at least, hopefully for you, to kind of get that overall. Um, understanding of the scriptures and how they work um, together as well as how each work, book works on its own. And now this spring as we return to sort of the section where I like to focus our attention on the scriptures, instead of doing that kind of big picture overview, uh, which we're, we're sort of forced into um, through that format, um, of course just to do summaries of those books and really just to hit major themes, um, to do a more in-depth study, a more in-depth study of God's word. And my intention for us um, between now and the end of May, which is when we conclude our Sunday school term, is for us to focus our attention together on the epistle of James, James's epistle. Um, so the reason I chose James, um, several reasons. I think that you know it's important to try to focus our attention on different parts of the word. We're doing a, a, a gospel right now in the sermon series, um, a narrative, and so we're going to do something that's not narrative, it's more... Um, it's obviously a letter. Um, also, I think James is a, is a really um, fascinating, well, part of the reason is just practical. It, we can do it in, you know, 10 weeks or so um, that we've got. Um, it's a little too much to jump off at Isaiah or something, you know, and try to be realistic. Um, but also because I love James, and I, I'm hoping that, that over our time together over the next several months as we study um, James in detail, um, that you'll come to love um, James as well. I think it's a really rich uh, book of the scriptures. I think it's really um, practical, um, has a lot of obviously practical application for us, and that there's a lot there. Um, so that's what we're going to do over the next um, uh, 10 weeks or so, is, is do a sort of 
uh, in-depth study of the book of James. And I really do want this and hope for this to be not just simply me preparing a lecture each week that I then deliver, but for there to be some give and take, for some conversation, for us to, um, obviously I'll prepare things and have some ideas and, and present those, but I really want this to be a discussion, a, a conversation about God's word. Um, the, the, the word of God is always um, rich for us, and the Spirit illuminates it for us and gives us wisdom, and it's a really helpful thing, I think, to study God's word, not only our own on our own, but also within the community of the body of Christ. And so we're going to try to do that together um, this spring. So I have a few things planned for this morning, but I just wanted to start with a few, just sort of, let's just talk about the book of James and see what you all think. What are some general impressions that you have about James? Let's just start there. Yes. It's used to beat up congregations. And is that because it focuses on, what's that? The tongue. Ah, that's, I could see that. I've never thought of that, but that, that could be a good use. I like that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's good and that's helpful. Yes, Jeremy. Martin Luther didn't like it. Yeah, that's the, the famous uh, quote by Martin Luther, the epistle of straw. Um, and I'm not going to get too far into that, but yeah, that's true. Martin Luther had some concerns about it. It's, it's, I don't think it's true, though, that he, some people will say, you know, he didn't think it was really scripture. I, I, that's not really what he was saying. He was, he was saying he didn't see the relative value of it um, compared to other books like Galatians or Romans, which he preferred. Um, yeah. yeah, what else? What else about James? Yes. Yes, that's a great, and we'll obviously talk about that in James 2 when we get there. Um, sometimes James is considered to be, or at least uh, on a surface level, um, can be read in a way that is uh, contradictory to what Paul is saying about the role of faith in our salvation. And yeah, we'll talk about that. I think, I think obviously that they don't disagree and that Paul actually has a much broader understanding of um, the, the the way that faith is, is expressed in obedience and works and those kinds of things. There is a lot of agreement between the two. Yes, Alyssa. Yeah, you can come across very legalistic. What, how, why is that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that could be a, a, a common refrain about James. James certainly emphasizes a lot of, there are a lot of imperatives in James, I think it's fair to say, um, a lot of commands that James gives, and if not presented carefully or read within the context of the whole book, certainly that could be something that could be seen as legalistic and not, not focused on grace. Yeah, I think there are parts of James that do emphasize grace pretty strongly, but no, that's a fair, that's a fair, that's a fair impression. Yes, ma'am. Did you have your hand up? Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, Billy. My... What's that? It might be. That is a great, we'll talk about that some. Billy said it might be the oldest book in the New Testament. So one of the first, um, I think certainly, or likely at least, one of the first books of the New Testament, maybe even the first. Yeah. Yes, Patrick. Yes, anybody ever hear that? This is the wisdom book of the New Testament. Why is it called the wisdom book of the New Testament? Why would that be? You can answer Patrick or anybody. It does. Yep, talks about wisdom a lot. 
Um, it also, it, it follows a kind of format that we see in Proverbs. Um, what is that? What does that mean? What do I mean by that? Anybody have any ideas? Is James an easy book to outline or a hard book to outline? What's that? It's a smorgasbord. Yeah, at least from our sort of linear Western um, line of thinking and, and the way we organize our thoughts, I think it's fair to say that, that James does not argue in the same way as Paul. Right? Now, Paul is actually a little circular as well at times if you, you know, really press into the epistles. But certainly when you read the epistles of Paul, you can see more of a, of a sort of a, a line through um, that he will start with something and then unpack it and, and move on to a next point that builds on that. And it's fairly clear often the, the train of thought that Paul is building. Uh, with James, James tends to move in circles, right? He'll, he'll talk at the very beginning of the book. We'll see this um, um, about um, um, suffering and about perseverance, about being the crown of life. And then he'll, he'll, he'll say things about the rich and then the poor. And then he'll come back to those things a chapter later and say them differently. And he'll come back again the next chapter and say them in a little different way. And James is sort of working around the same kinds of arguments and and doing so in really a kind of circular way. We're going to see that as we move um, through the book. And it's like Proverbs in that way. Proverbs is the same kind of thing. You know, Proverbs, you take a theme and you unpack it a little bit and move on to something else. And you come back to that theme and say a little more and it kind of builds together in that way. We could say James is also a wisdom book because what is James full of? Wisdom, but also it's full of, like Proverbs, analogies and metaphors, Right? I mean, he talks about, you know, he's, he's, when he's talking about the tongue, he talks, what does he compare it to? A fire, right? Or, or uh, you know, the, the way that you bridle a beast. Uh, when he talks about, you know, when he talks about the, the reality that people can curse the Lord or, or bless the Lord with one, one side of their mouth and then curse their neighbor on the other part, what does he say about that? He says, can a, can a stream produce um, fresh and salt water, right? No. Can't do that. So you go, does that make sense? Like he's constantly kind of going to metaphors and analogies, concrete metaphors and analogies, um, and that is kind of interesting, I think, and it's it's very wisdom-like. Yeah, Eric. It has a very prophetic edge to it, yep, especially chapter 5, um, but other places as well. Yeah, there, there's, a, there's a kind of a, a prophetic sort of announcement that James is making, I think. Yes, two more, and then I'm going to, I want to do something else. Yes, sir, Billy. There is, right, and so this, it's, it's unusual in that way. Um, obviously, we believe, you know, there's only really one Peter that could have written Peter, only one Paul that could have written his epistles. Um, but yeah, with James, you have several different, you have two apostles named James, and you also, of course, have the brother of Jesus that is named James. James is a, a popular name um, in the New Testament times. It's actually, anybody know, what, what is James the equivalent of from the Old Testament? Yeah, Yaakov, Jacob, yeah. So it's the, it's the you know, um, Aramaic through Greek to English version of Jacob. All right, here's what I want to do for the rest of our, probably most of the rest of our time this morning. I just want us to hear James. This is something we don't ever do. Um, I'm just going to read James to you. 
I want you to listen. And the reason I'm doing this, and there's some Bibles in the back if you want to grab one, if you don't have one, um, or you can follow along on your device, or maybe you brought your own Bible. Um, I think it'd be good to follow along. The reason I want to do this, of course, is because I think there's something to just hearing a book in its totality, not kind of breaking it up into a verse at a time, um, hearing the whole argument. The other reason is because this is, of course, how most people would have experienced, especially the New Testament letters. Um, they would have been in a Christian community, um, worshiping God together, and a letter would have come, a, a literal letter would have come um, from an apostle. And they would have gathered together on the Lord's Day, and their pastor would have stood up, and he would have read the letter. It's not as though they could have, many of them, or probably almost all of them, it's not like they could take a copy home, right, and study it on their own. Um, they had to sit and listen, and, uh, and it's written um, to be heard in that way. And there's something to be, to be gained um, from an experience like this. So I'm just going to read James to you, and then if we have a few minutes, we'll talk about it. But let's just listen to God's Word. Let's listen to it, try to hear it in a different way. This is something because of our technology. It's interesting how technology impacts the way you, you experience God's Word, right? Because of our technology, we, don't, we never do this, really. Um, we, we carry God's Word with us everywhere. We can pull it out whenever. Um, maybe because of our own sort of just the way we're used to, to interacting with God's Word, we don't really hardly ever sit down and just read a whole book of the Bible from beginning to end in one sitting much less with a bunch of other people hearing it read out loud. So, but we're going to try this this morning. All right, listen to God's word. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes in the dispersion, greetings. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. I forgot to say real quick, sorry. Well, here's what I want you to listen for. Listen for key themes, key words, and think about any questions that you might have. We're not going to be able to answer questions today, but I'll be curious if anything stands out to you. It's like, oh, that's weird. What does that mean? So key themes, key words, and questions you might have. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Let the lowly brother boast in his exultation and the rich in his humiliation, because like a flower of the grass he will pass away. For the sun rises with its scorching heat and withers the grass. Its flower falls and its beauty perishes so also will the rich man fade away in the midst of his pursuits. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, 
I'm being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves, for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. My brothers, show no partiality as you hold faith as you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. For if a man wearing a gold ring and fine clothing comes into your assembly, and a poor man in shabby clothing also comes in, and if you pay attention to the one who wears the fine clothing and say, you sit in a good place, while you say to the poor man, you stand over there, or sit down at my feet, have you not then made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved brothers. Has not God chosen those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom, which he has promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor man. Are not the rich the ones who oppress you and the ones who drag you into court? Are they not the ones who blaspheme the honorable name by which you were called? If you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You are doing well. But if you show partiality, you are committing sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. For he who said, do not commit adultery, also said, do not murder. If you do not commit adultery but do murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. So speak and so act as those who are to be judged. 
under the law of liberty. For judgment is without mercy to one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, You have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one, you do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. Do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works, and faith was completed by his works. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. And he was called a friend of God. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. And in the same way, was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way? For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness, for we all stumble in many ways. And if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so large and driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the whole, I'm sorry, the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature, can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening, both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives, or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. 
Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works and the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitterness, if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. You adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you suppose it is to no purpose that the Scripture says, He yearns jealously over the Spirit that He has made to dwell in us. But He gives more grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be wretched, and mourn, and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning, and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will exalt you. Do not speak evil against one another, brothers. The one who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is only one lawgiver and judge, he who is able to save and to destroy. But who are you to judge your neighbor? Come now, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, If the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. Come now, you rich. Weep and howl for the miseries that are coming upon you. Your riches have rotted and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver have corroded, and their corrosion will be evidence against you 
and will eat your flesh like fire. You have laid up treasure in the last days. Behold, the wages of the laborers which you kept back, I'm sorry, the wages of the laborers who mowed your fields, which you kept back by fraud, are crying out against you. And the cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord of hosts. You have lived on the earth in luxury and in self-indulgence. You have fattened your hearts in a day of slaughter. You have condemned and murdered the righteous person. He does not resist you. Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it until it receives the early and the late rains. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another, brothers, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. As an example of suffering and patience, brothers, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Behold, we consider those blessed who remained steadfast. You have heard of the steadfastness of Job, and you have seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. But above all, my brothers, do not swear, either by heaven or by earth or by any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no be no, so that you may not fall under condemnation. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick. And the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. My brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and Someone brings him back. Let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. This is the word of the Lord. Let's be to God. All right. Well, that was a little different. I think that might be the longest I've ever read Scripture publicly, consecutively anyone. Let's just, before we talk about James itself, what was that like? Just How was that? Just to sit and listen to God's Word for 15 minutes. Yeah, Carrie. Yeah.
Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's right. It is hard. Yeah. Yeah. It is interesting. Yeah, it is difficult to sit and listen without your mind wandering. Yeah, Jeremy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, our brains aren't trained to do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Todd. Mm-hmm. Hearing it all together. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you hear it all together, some of those themes really do stand out that are repeated steadfastness, rich. What were you going to say? Yeah, it is. Yep. Right. It is. It is different. Yeah. Yeah, Jeremy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you, you have to read the entire book in the context of the whole. I think that's true. He, he's he's okay part. making extremely strong statements, and then you know, and then he comes back around and again puts them in the context of the other statements and makes the exact same subject as well. Yeah. Anybody else? Just I'm just curious about that experience of just hearing God's word read for 15 minutes or so. Yeah. There's a lot of one-liners. <laughs> there are a lot of one-liners. Yeah. There are. I can't, of course I can't. What what stand up to you? Okay. Okay. Mercy triumphs over judgment. That's a good one. Um, yeah, faith without works is dead. Prayer of um, righteous man availeth much. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, there are a lot of good ones. That's true. That's true. James, James had a lot of good, a lot of good phrases. Yeah, listen. That's certainly true. I'm, I'm sure there are some kids in the, in the room right now and in our church as a whole who, who especially their minds would be, be able to do that pretty easily. Um, and some of us grown-ups too can do that, I think. If we, if we, if we, if we tried really hard, it would probably take more work. Um, but no, I think that's true. What did you say? What was that? I just asked if you could just do it again and act it out more. Do some <laughs> hand motions to help you, help you connect things. Yeah. That's Psalm. Write a song. <laughs> Add some music. <laughs> That's right. Well, good, good job for John. Maybe John could do that. 
a melodic form of the book of James. What else? Anything else? Yeah, Allison. Right. It really does. It's a great point. It, when you when you study the Bible as we normally do, at our own pace with the written word in front of us, and not this is fine. This is how I study the Bible too. But we, we tend to you know we can really focus in on the the nitty gritty right the the particular word um, you know those kinds of things. But it is important to remember that that's you know at least in terms of the common person that's not usually how people experience God's word. They experienced it much more as a as like we did today, just a, a big chunk, just read. And so then when you, when you experience it that way, yeah, it's different. You, themes begin to come out that, that you begin to see how things connect to one another. You get a sense of the whole. It's, it's a very different way of um, experiencing God's word. And I certainly don't think we should neglect the careful, slow, intense study of the written word of God. But I wonder, this is part of the reason why we have, by the way, fairly significant readings every Sunday apart from the sermon text, so that you can at least get a taste of what it's like to hear a substantial portion of God's Word. Um, and I, I, think, I think there's something really valuable in that, um, and it's, just, it's important for us. Um, Someone else, um, Lucretia, I think, had a hand up. Think about how those words are different, and yeah, what, and they probably both reflect some of the meaning of the original Greek. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, Eric, and then Jeremy, and we'll have to wrap up in a minute. true. And that's, uh, you think about the Bible, think about the book of Ezra, think about um, the time of Josiah, when just simply the public reading of God's word led to substantial repentance and reform in God's, you know, part of God's people. And they just heard it read out loud. It is interesting, too, as you think about the scriptures, the Old Testament in particular, what is the imperative that is used all the time in reference to the word of God? What are you supposed to do? Hear it. Right? Hear, O Israel. Hear, O Israel. Literally, often in the Hebrew, it's, it's open your ears. Open your ears. It's not, it's not read. 
Now, there, of course, there are, there are cultural and other reasons for that in terms of the time, but it is interesting, right? The imperative that's used for the scriptures is hear or listen again and again, just to listen to God's word. Um, you're, you're not really told to read it. I'm not saying we shouldn't read it, just saying it's interesting. One other hand, yeah, Nathan. Yeah. They also they would read it in its entirety. Not that I would ever be as eloquent, but it would just take snippets of an email I've written in it. <laughs> so bite-sized chunks of scripture, you know, while good, yeah. um, it, you're getting that full context right. of the entire letter. Yeah, if you just read a paragraph of an email, you might miss the point. Right. Right, yeah. I, I mean, not making those are nearly that good, but... <laughs> no, but we, we all have had experiences like that where we send an email or some kind of communication to somebody and they read a sentence or two and they think they, they understand what we're saying and they're, yeah, that's a great point, yeah. Yeah, that's a very good point. Okay, all right, let's, uh, we'll get stuff to think about. Think more about James and themes and questions. If things come up to you, you can certainly email me this week. We'll talk more next week. We'll begin jumping more into the actual text of James uh, next Sunday. So hope you'll join us. I really want this to be a sort of inductive, you know, not inductive, but discussion uh, Bible study. Let's study God's word together. Let's take it, let's take it one step at a time. And I think it'll be rich for us. Let's stand and pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the benefit that it is for us, that it is life. Um, it is a lamp. Um, it is um, all that we need, Father, in this life. You give it to us in your word. You show it to us, Father, by your spirit. You illuminate it for us. And I pray even for us today that the, the reading that we've heard of the book of James would be illuminated for each of us by your spirit, that we would ponder these words. We might even go and read back over them this week or listen to them again um, and just reflect on what you're saying to us in your word here in this book of James. And I pray you bless us as we study it together this spring. I ask it in Christ's name. Amen. Amen.